0: Uh, yeah, good morning. Welcome to Omaha Vineyard Church here in uh, Sun Valley Plaza. Isn't it lovely here in Sun Sun Valley Plaza? We've got a rain valley right in front of our door that I had to... Spring Valley. Oh, then we're right where we need to be. Spring Valley. <laughs> uh, Sun Valley Plaza. That's where I... That's what I dream of. Anyways, um, <clears throat> it's a pleasure to be here and uh, we... We get to dig into God's word and we get to see him in action and we get to say, huh, that's him talking. What do I do about it? Right. So we've been going through the book of Luke and our series has been engage risk. And um, the gospel of Luke has highlighted Jesus submission to and empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Uh, We've seen his humble obedience to God the Father to stand in his kingdom identity. Uh, We've seen him be ridiculed by religious leaders uh, for receiving honor and blessing from undesirable people uh, and showing the Father's heart by healing the sick on the Sabbath. His message and his actions have been aligned throughout his ministry. Luke chapter 4, he he is in his hometown and and he quotes this from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. God has come to live among his creation as Jesus. And it, it, where we are in the book of Luke, we're, we're at the end of Luke's uh, Luke's. We're at the end of Jesus' public ministry. Last week he was traveling through the city of Jericho in order to come to Jerusalem. And he spent the, the week in, in Jerusalem with his disciples. Um, Luke 21, 37. Ooh, hello. So this is, every day Jesus went to the temple to teach. And each evening he returned to spend the night in the Mount of Olives. So, see the camping up there, whatever he's doing. But th- th- our scripture today will be in Luke 22, and our our topic today is is risk suffering. <clears throat> <laughs> and um, I- I'm gonna. I don't know why I didn't do this all through this series, but I'm going to quote from uh, an ancient philosopher from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, C-3PO, who, who very sagely said, we seem to be made to suffer. It's our lot in life. And I'm sure many of us can, can say, oh yeah, I felt that way this year, or I feel that way now, that the suffering just doesn't seem to be ending. That, um, and, and you know, guys, the, I'm not. We're, we can't pull punches when we look at Scripture. The Bible says very clearly when we face trials, right? Um, not that we're made to suffer, but suffering is a part of living. Suffering is a part of life. So we're going to be looking at um, Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> Let me pray real quick, and then we'll jump into our... Our verses here, Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that that what we see and what we experience is is real, but it's not the only thing that's going on. And so, Lord, we ask you to um, kind of open our eyes to um, the the underlying spiritual realities, the the timeless truths that we can cling to wherever and whatever we're facing. Amen. Okay, so uh, Jesus and his disciples have gathered to celebrate uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover. Um, and Jesus says, he's talking to his disciples, and, and then he says this in uh, verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith would should not fail. So when you've repented and returned to me again, strengthen your brothers. And then Peter, you know, reacts, right? Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you, even to die with you. Sweet Peter. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And then I'm just going to jump down to, to the rest of our verses. Um, jump down to verse 39 in Luke chapter 22. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. So that that's kind of the the theme that jumped out at me is Jesus' desire for not only himself but also his his disciples and and us to to not give in to temptation and it, it this is the 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 linear thinking that I, I came up with Jesus knows God loves him and because yeah when we when we back we'll pay no attention to the screen <laughs> um, Jesus knows God loves him and because he, he is loved by God, he can trust God. And because he trusts God, he will obey God. And when he obeys God, sometimes that leads to a period of time of suffering. And he's willing to suffer when he's being obedient to the Lord, whom he trusts, whom he is loved by. Jesus encourages his disciples to engage in risk, putting their faith in God's love for them to not give in to temptation. Jesus engages in risk himself through suffering and agony to not give in to temptation, but to stay faithful to God's call. No, no, go ahead, throw that other screen. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, Jesus says to Peter in uh, verses 31 and 2. I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. You know what I think is interesting? Jesus then talks about how you're going to fail anyway. But after you have repented (laughs) and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. And then he says to his disciples on, on the mountain of Mount of Olives, "Pray that you will not give in to temptation." And then he says to the Father in his own prayer, "I want your will to be done, not mine." So it, is it that, oh, no, they gave in a temptation, now they're on the other side, and now I have to be mad at them. No, No. Who gets hurt when we give in to temptation? Often others, always us. We always carry the responsibility for our actions. <clears throat> there are consequences of the world, right? And it, it, it's interesting how often, you know, we'll watch dramas and, and movies um, about stuff and and sitcoms are like notorious, and I guess dramas are kind of TV dramas are notorious too. Somebody does something that they don't want others to find out about, and then you just lie, 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 right? And they just create these houses of cards to protect themselves from having to be responsible for their actions. But all of these other actions that they're taking are you know, it's like you know, pebbles in a, in a, in a river, right? It just, just expands and expands and expands. Even when we acknowledge our forgiveness, we bear the consequences of our actions. <clears throat> Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect so I see Jesus you know pleading in prayer and his time you know getting away and being with with the father and being in prayer, and his encouragement to his disciples to pray for the purpose of an influence, right? Jesus' encouragement for his disciples is that they would pray so that you will not give in to temptation. When we are in communion with God and submitted to him, we let him transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. And we, I've mentioned this a couple of times. You know, what we believe influences how we think, and how we think influences how we behave, or what our actions are. God transforms who we are by changing the way that we think. Believing and trusting in the Father's love for you allows him to change the way that you think. What we believe and what we think influences our actions and our behaviors. So when we face suffering, how we think will impact what we do and how we respond to it. Um, When I was a little boy, I was terrified of the dark. I I did not want to walk through a dark room by myself. And the way that our house was laid out Um, my bedroom uh, was like on the other side of the house from my parents' bedroom and my sister's bedroom and and our only bathroom at the time. So if I had to get up in the middle of the night, oh, I would have to run across the kitchen (laughs) and hang a left in the hallway and then go between these two dark rooms to get into the bathroom. And I remember one night... I, you know the need was great enough that I faced that fear right but on the way back to the ba- to my bedroom I was so I was convinced in my mind that there was something that I couldn't see that would get me if I went into that dark kitchen and I remember my mom and I was like I had like gone into her room and you know, anytime I went in my my parents room my dad's like get out but my, my sweet mom was, you know, got up and, and I was like, Will you walk with me through the kitchen? And she says, No, I'm not gonna walk with you through the kitchen. There's nothing in there. You can do it. You can do it. And I remember, you know, I was like it's like one of those times when, when you're like in two places at once. You're like, I can't believe I'm actually like crying and and fussing about <laughs> about this. And then the other part of you is like, ah, I, I will not I cannot, I can't, I can't even, right? If God's will for you is to proceed through a trial, to stay on a path through the valley of the shadow of death, to continue through something that is agonizing, terrifying, that causes suffering, do we think it is good and pleasing and perfect why would he do such a thing, right? Isn't my happiness, is my safety important to God? So I, I found, oh, I lost it. It's in the Bible. How are we doing? Oh, Hebrews. So I'm going to read Hebrews 12, 1 through 11. This is just 10 and 11 but this again this is like god's father heart for us so if you want to turn to if you want to, if you need if you want the whole thing turn to hebrews 12 when we start, starting in verse 1 therefore and if you want to know what that therefore is therefore you're going to have to read <laughs> previous chapters but here we therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses it's almost like Star Wars starting in episode four. What What happened before that? Uh, Okay. Here we go. Bible. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin, that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, who initiates and perfects our faith? Listen to this. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives. In your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we, respect, we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? forever? All right, here we go, Chap, uh, verse 10. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Okay, so some words got used in there. Discipline, punishment. Was the suffering that Jesus faced punishment? Are all of the agonizing circumstances that we face in life punishment? No. Parents that give their children responsibility to set the table or keep their room clean or mow the lawn or watch and care for a younger brother or sister are not doling out punishment discipline is not always punishment right you think of somebody as a disciplined person you don't think of somebody that's punished all the time you think of somebody that's you know yeah they got they got to kind of figure it out they they aren't swayed right they don't give in to temptation they don't run away from tough things Many times, discipline is training and responsibility and authority. So, will you risk suffering to do the will of God? Will you engage in risk by putting your faith in God's love for you when obeying him causes you to suffer? We see from Luke 22 that Jesus' concern for his disciples is that they would not give in to temptation. Jesus' prayer in the midst of his agonizing suffering was, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Whatever crisis we're facing, whether it's a loneliness crisis or a medical crisis or a physical crisis, financial crisis, racial crisis, political crisis, relational crisis, mental or emotional crisis. Whatever you're facing, God is with you. And he knows what it's like to suffer and go through crisis that he would rather avoid. He understands what it is to be broken. He understands what it is to be poured out. The stance that Jesus took on the Mount of Olives that night was to continue to trust and obey his Father. The encouragement that he gave his disciples on that night, and he gives to us today, is the same. Pray so that you will not give in to temptation. And by keeping our eyes on Jesus, we can strip off and leave behind every weight that slows us down, especially sin, And we can run with endurance the race that God has set before us. I would say, I was going to say many, but I'll say all. All of us, all of us have faced agonizing, suffering, crisis situations in this last year, probably more than we ever thought we would, right? Things that we never, never imagined we'd have to face, As disciples and followers, and those who are being mentored by Jesus, let us engage in risk to see all circumstances that come our way, even the ones that bring agony and suffering, as part of the race that God has set before us. It can be very tempting. Um, with a mindset of kind of religion, right? To interpret things that aren't comfortable that come into our lives is punishment. But God's a good father. He's a good father. And the stuff that we go through that is difficult, he will use he will use coming up this week uh, we got a holiday coming up anybody know what what day it's st patrick's day it's it's oh is it somebody's birthday oh that's awesome i didn't realize that so you'll have to forgive me because i'm not talking about you (laughs) but uh so st patrick um it's interesting how st patrick's day has turned into like a, a an Irish uh, uh, ethnic holiday, right? It's a celebration of all things Irish. Saint Patrick didn't discover green beer or you know find a, a, a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow in Ireland. He was British, and when he was 16 years old, he got kidnapped by raiders from Ireland and taken as a slave and forced to be a shepherd which is lonely, I mean think about that. Uh, Ireland? Out in the out in the fields, not a lot of sunlight. <laughs> a lot of stones in the ground, <clears throat> snakes. Anyway. So, uh, 6 years into slavery in Ireland. He has this dream. That the boat that he would he could escape on is ready, and so he, he runs. He finds a boat, gets on the boat, leaves Ireland, gets back to to Britain. He's reunited with his family, and then he has again a vision or a dream, and it, he responds to this dream to go back to Ireland, to go back to the place of suffering and agony and slavery with the gospel, with the message of grace. What legacy could our lives lead to when we risk suffering for the cause of Christ? When we recognize God's love for us, and we trust him and we obey him and suffer for him. Maybe not a really popular sermon, but what is he worth? What is saying yes to Jesus worth? And then we have this hope, right? Hebrews twelve eleven b Afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And maybe that's what we need, right? Maybe we need God to change who we are, but, uh, transform us by changing how we think. Maybe we need God's mind when circumstances come to come at us, right? When life throws us a curveball and it's full of agony and it's full of suffering and we're tempted to cut and run. but there's something in it for us. And is God surprised by the circumstances that we find ourselves in? Oh! I saw an eye roll back there. (laughs) (laughs) No. God knows all. He's in all. He's with us through all. And he went through suffering. Let's pray. Father, we do, we do struggle with this stuff. We, we don't want to suffer. We're like Jesus. Father, please, if you will, take this cup of suffering away from me. But we ask, like Paul in Romans 12 too, that you would transform us Renew our mind, change the way that we think. When we face temptation, when we are exhausted with grief, may we turn to you in prayer. May we be receptive to your thoughts, to your mind. And may we not give in to temptation. And for all those times that we did give in to temptation, Lord. May we remember Jesus' words to Peter. When you repent and turn back to me, you are always open to us. You are always open to us, returning to you. Lord, may we be stewards and missionaries of your grace and discipline in our own lives as well as in the lives of others, Lord. May we be like St. Patrick, willing to give up everything to reach those who hurt him. Lord, may we engage in risk to obey you because we trust you because you love us, regardless of what it costs us. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to pronounce our blessing, and then I want to have a time of, um, if if the Lord has you know brought anything to mind, I got a, a chance to um, be at an area pastor's meeting, and it was so nice to, we were gathered around a little table to pray for each other, and <laughs> I think to a person, somebody said, hey, while you were talking, I got this impression that, and it was really nice. Let's, let's see if the Lord's got something for us this morning. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. May his face smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.